Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast is back for our second season. Bigger and better than ever. Seriously, though, this ish is huge. I'm your host, T-Pain. Every Tuesday, join me and my guest, my co-host, for action-packed, hilarious, inspirational conversation. That's right. We're doing T-Pain Tuesday. We got the biggest guests, new drinks, new games, and crazy studio vibes. You already know what it is, and here's Nappy Boy Radio, baby. Listen and subscribe to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio podcast. Season 2 is available now everywhere you get your podcast. You already know what it is. Come on through. Well, in this episode of CarCast, we'll give you a whole update on the Velocity event we did over the weekend, which is really quite spectacular. I think you guys will enjoy it. Also, F1 World Champion Jensen Button is going to join us. First, there's Geico. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on a ticket. Get it on. Welcome to CarCast, Ma'am Carl, it's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, over there. Hello, how are you? Just back from the track, yeah, I just Matt. saw you. <laughs> yeah, just here. running, working, working, and running. Um, so we had a interesting time at the track. Uh, good time, good group, good run group. Got the B-Sedan 2.5 Trans Am group together. I think 24 cars. All told? I, I want to say 24 at the beginning and maybe 22 by the time race day came along. So, yeah, it was a good group. One of the larger groups, but still really good and fun and competitive. Yeah, the Velocity experience was really nice. They set up a big pavilion pretty much the middle of the straightaway. That, uh, like, drivers and VIP lounge was – it was as cool as shit. Like, that's the way to do the event. They did such a nice job in having the – you can sit there and watch the straightaway. And then across the way, they had the big screen, the big mm-hmm. projector screen. It was set up so great. Yeah. On the other side of the racetrack was a big 20-foot projector screen. So you could watch the cars go by, and then you could follow them all the way around <laughs> the track, which was kind of nice. Because you know, normally – you pick a place to sit, you get a quick shot of the cars zooming by, and then you kind of have to wait around to see what happened when they come around yeah. again, you know. So there was, um, you know, there was a couple of interesting situations. There was the uh, Ford Escort that uh, guy was hauling ass in, um, <clears throat> went straight off the track at turn six, which is sort of climbing up. It's where you climb the hill to the corkscrew. Uh, I, I saw that guy's tracks. They just went I, I, straight into the wall. I understand that rung his bell a little. <laughs> yeah, he was a moving good. Uh, you know, it had the uh, twin cam engine in there, the Lotus engine. Well, wait, is it? A, no, not not a Lotus engine. Oh, maybe uh, uh, Cosworth? Cosworth, twin cam Cosworth with the slide fuel injection, mm-hmm. which is just an awesome look. 
And uh, that guy was moving good. We heard that that car was like aluminum bodied and went to Ford and got all re. He's a he's a Ford, Ford engineer, a Ford designer, um, and uh, got some work done on the car back in Detroit and brought it back and and a cool piece. And he was really fast. And then just something broke on it. I don't know if it was like a tie rod or. Heard it was or, steering something, yeah, yeah and yeah. Um, just exited turn six, and like I said, I could see by the tracks straight. Uh, normally, you know, guys hang a tire there. Sometimes guys hang two tires there. Yeah. Sometimes guys kind of <laughs> spin out there. But this was two straight tracks going into a tire barrier that was um, a good distance away. Yeah. So he was probably hauling ass. That's a the exit of that turn is a pretty fast turn um and you're on it and there's also you know pretty good sized rumble strips that you're supposed to kind of aim for on the inside of that turn and i'm guessing he hit the rumble strips and maybe hit a tie rod or something something knocked loose yeah and he just ended up going straight into the tire barrier um i guess the front of the car got pretty pretty dinged up you're just kind of it's it's the worst thing to break right because there's no control you don't have much braking force when that front tire one of them is just kind of flopping around like a broken limb i mean if you lose a fuel pump or ignition or something you're losing power but you've got car control Mm -hmm. theoretically yeah and he didn't so uh super bummer here he's okay um uh, but the car is a little bit damaged. But man, just what a what a great event overall. They they did this great job of similar to Goodwood, where all of the cars were kind of lined up in the in the paddock area in a tent with little storyboards and and I know is a maybe throws off some of the teams because they don't have their whole rig. They just got to haul out some of the mm-hmm. some of the tools and stuff. But mm-hmm. for the most part, it was a better experience for the spectator to be able to just walk down the aisles and see. They ran the groups in order. It looked like the groups were almost lined up on the field in order, like in the paddock area. Like you could see group one, group two, your group eight, and group nine. Uh, and they kind of peppered in these really cool display so as you're walking around the you know the the field and you're looking at the race cars you'll see you know you'll see the 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 fake lawn thrown down and you'll see a display with you know uh john morton's original you know uh uh, 510 that the Mm -hmm. nissan museum brought Mm -hmm. out you see some some really cool car show displays gunther works and zinger uh and in between some of the racing sessions that's a exhibition runs. You know, Tanner Faust was there. Mario Andretti was there. I talked to Tanner. He drove uh, the McLaren F1, that Gulf liveried F1, and he drove Senna's Formula One car. Oh, yeah. And he's like, like that was a fucking dream come true. He's like, that thing is so crazy. <laughs> yeah, like a 93 F1. Yeah. Super expensive ones. Yeah. And... Yeah, they laid it out nicely. People were under tents. They did a couple things that were cool. They put all the run groups together on the same side of the tent. Um, If that was your run group, then you're amongst your run group, which is nice because you get to talk to the drivers that are in your race. Eventually, you end up having some nice conversations, a little camaraderie. 
if you need some advice or uh, a spark plug or something, it's all like-minded sort of cars that are there. Right. So. You don't have to go roam around in a golf cart trying to figure out where the other guys are, your friends yeah, are. Yeah, because you, you know, normally they scatter everyone to the wind. And when they scatter everyone about, then the guy next to you's got a bug-eyed Sprite, and the guy next to you on the other side's got a Cobra. <laughs> and then if you need a spark plug, that's no good. Right. But if you're sitting in a sea of five tens and you need a little advice or you need, you know, how much tire pressure should we run or – Hey, what what do we gap these plugs to, or some some version of that? There's a dude next to you who ha- knows how to do it, yeah. and who has a spark plug wrench that you don't have. And it worked out because everyone is going to grid up at the same time. It allowed some of us that weren't racing to jump around to the other drivers and go, "Hey, well, let me help you with your Hans device. Let me make sure you're buckled in." And the grid, uh, I, I guess, how would you explain it? But the grid wasn't on the track. Right. right, which you can't get to unless you're part of the crew and you have the wristband. So they set up this this aisle with this little like whatever three foot high white picket fence, so you can see with some hay bales, some hay bales, so a, you can sit and watch. It just it was really just to give it a kind of period Goodwood yeah. look. But what they did is, and I didn't even know you could do it this way. But what you do, yes, you normally grid up on the track, which most people can't see. Most people cannot see. The The crew can get there, and maybe if you're up top in the Mazda luxury suite, you can look straight down and see something. But the crowd cannot see the guys sitting in the cars, getting yeah. ready, firing up the cars, you know, the whole sort of foreplay uh-huh. before the race. But what they did is they just carved out a big aisle down the middle of the place. I mean, it was toward the front. But it was back a couple hundred feet. Yeah. And normally when you grid out to go out on the track where they normally do it in front of the track, um, you go out and you turn right and you then turn hard left. And you this time you just sort of went straight out and basically turned to the left and you got onto the track, which was nice. But it was it was great to see, like, again, from the spectator standpoint, they can grid up the cars, you know, 10 minutes early. Some of the people can get out of the car, say hi to people. And as spectators, you can line up and see the entire grid. You can hear them all fire up. You get the whistle one minute, you know, heads up. You get the whistle. They all fire up the cars. You see the pace car lead them out. It's a cool experience to see all of that. And it's really helpful, even though this sounds dumb, when they say your run group is going off at 2.40 in the afternoon and you're in the far corner with Kenapa and he's got his Trans Am car next next to you and then uh, 917 on the other side, you're not going out with him. Right. So right. you're sitting there and you're going, well, it's 225. Yeah. Are they should running I, late? Are they Should I time? get in the car and- or where? And then at some point, you'll spot a car from your run group go motoring by <laughs> and you'll go, oh, okay, I guess we're going. <laughs> yeah. um, but there's always a little anxiety there because right. you don't want to get there and sit in your car for 20 minutes. On yeah. the other hand, you don't want to be late. So you end up when you pit. I sorry when you grid. No, not even grid. When you uh, paddock everyone yeah. at the same time in the same place, then you'll see your group heading out. And you know, for me, it's usually uh, by the time there's you know fifteen cars have left and there's five cars behind, it's time to start yeah. heading out. 
everybody's warming up the cars at the same time. Everybody pushes them out a little bit and uh, and fires them up. And that's kind of like, oh, we got the 10 minutes heads up. Everyone's warming up the car. Yeah, <laughs> so and, there's, it's, it's and there's information. You walk around. You go, are they running late? You'll talk to another driver. But uh, generally, when you see the drivers in your run group starting to climb into their car and get situated, mm-hmm. it means it's time for you to do it. I know they make the announcements, but it's tough to hear when you've got – 21 f1 cars on the track or the big bore trans am cars on the track Mm -hmm. but you can't hear anything you can't hear any of the announcements i agree with gordon mccall he said they need to blow out a text to everybody at some point you know so even if you don't get it you're right 15 other people in your group did get it you know yeah so good group uh one run on friday sorry two runs on friday one run saturday for qualifying and uh, one run on uh, Sunday, which is the uh, feature raise. Um, I went out with the st- stick shift pattern backwards in my head, which was a not a good <laughs> – it was harder to get out of the pit because I was in third gear. You were in third I thought, gear. I was like, why is he stalling out? I was like, ah, it's fresh car. <laughs> I, was, uh, <laughs> I was on the track when we stalled and it was time to take off, and I put it in reverse. Oh, uh, there yeah, was a yeah. guy right behind me, yeah. and I started to let the clutch out and start going backwards. So the reverse pattern is reverse is one up where first gear is, and first gear is down where second gear would normally be. So when you're leaving... You, I was leaving in second yeah. gear, I guess. So the, the one-two shift, if you imagine this, the one-two shift is from your waist in one and you're pushing up toward the dash for two. It's not the, you don't pull. Yeah. One, two. You don't pull. By the way, you, if you were drag racing, that would be the worst. <laughs> so I thought my new comp two transmission was the opposite. I thought first gear yeah. was forward. I, you know, we've been moving here and it's been a complete oh madhouse, like crazy. an utter madhouse. It was all we could do to find. I got to the race. I didn't have a cushion in my seat. <laughs> yeah. The, the seat, cushion on a on a race seat pops out yeah, it's velcroed in yeah it's velcroed in and for some reason we popped it out and put it in another car or something but it's just a blue, looks like a blue seat no one checked we didn't have the transponder we didn't have anything yeah so it was all we could do to make it out there but then the shift pattern i was like all right i know what this is um when i got out of the car after running friday's early session i was like man what the hell's going on with this transmission? And I, 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 I turned a you know semi decent lap time, considering in my head I was in third when I was in first, and I was I was like Matt, the second gear is so low, you know, I was in first gear. But on the slower corners, when you're trying to get into first, you're like, I can't ever get it into first. Yeah. Because you're trying to jam it into reverse. <laughs> I'm surprised you brought it back in one piece. Honestly, if well, you would have forced it into reverse, it would have made a lot of noise. No, I was forcing it into second, but I was really in first. Yeah. That's that's why I thought it's so short. It's so short, I kept saying. But anyway, uh, so I was confused. But we, I figured it out through with the help of Jim Frula, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, that's all, that's all wrong. That's all wrong. <laughs> so uh, we figured it out. Uh, we have some. Uh, we have one lap from Saturday, the uh, start of the the start of the um, qualifying run. The qualifying run. Now, the the start of the qualifying run is is um, you will how it's not about turning a fast lap. It's however you finish. Right. Okay. Which which makes it fun because 
every once in a while, one of the really fast guys up front, you know, car one through five or something, every once in a while in these races, not every once in a while, almost all the time, um, some really fast guy has some overheating problems and he pulls out, he pulls off the track in yeah. lap five. Then the next day when the actual race is on, that guy's in the back. Yeah. But he sorted out his and overheating issues and, he's, and he's just coming up and he's yeah. pissed. You can see by qualifying came around, we figured out the shifting issue and he had a massive sticker <laughs> on the dash. <laughs> yeah. So my plan was to be in first gear probably like five fifty five hundred six grand rpm and if i could hold it there before i had to grab second i could launch at the start so this is uh going around as the pace car pulls off so everyone starts to so you're in red uh i may drop it i may drop it into first let's see no that's first i'm just keeping it in first So I caught it perfectly. So everyone's just kind of dicing around. Need a second for the for the turn. Here it comes. Guys hanging tires. Always someone getting a little dicey on that turn number two around there. There's Dave Stone in front of me. Yeah, he's quick. It's me turning in in front of somebody who didn't want me to turn in in front of them. Might have missed the gear nope, there. Missed the gear. Gotta get used to that transmission. This is turn six, where the guy went off the track. He just went straight right yeah. there. Oh, that's fourth gear. Turn the hair. Uh, turn the corkscrew, so which never had a, never had a problem. And then he got to grab third quick. This is this is the scariest corner to me. Pretty much just rode it up to eight grand in third gear there. Turn at the beginning of the hairpin. That's a lap. It's kind of intense. Yeah, that's a good lap. That's a, I mean, because you see the traffic up front right off that grid. Yeah. You can see it's a little nerve-wracking to see because in the, in the camera, we can't see the mirrors. Mm-hmm. So when that guy comes in and, you know, on your left side on the inside of turn one, uh, we don't see him. Maybe you do, but, or he hopes you do. I'm going uh, to get one of those camera. fish eye. <laughs> 
a lot of guys use the fisheye mirror out yeah. there, and I should because the miniature little outside thing doesn't really provide. It doesn't, and much. And, and you just kind of just need to see, you know, a flash of color in that mirror to know that yes. there's somebody there. You're, you're not ne- with all the vibration. You're not necessarily gonna, you know, make out exactly what's there, but you just need to know that something is there. But it was a fun run group, made it through, finished 10th out of 24 on the weekend. So it's nothing to write home about, but eh, it's better, a little better than halfway up. Um, good group, good uh, good race for the uh, for the win, the, the 2002 versus the 510. Yeah. Rob and uh, Jim were going at it pretty yeah, hard. Yeah, the BMW I, and the I, Datsun. Uh, if that... Uh, if that Ford didn't uh, go off the track, I gotta, I gotta believe that thing would have been uh, right up right, there. Right up sure. in qualifying, I think Rob in the Datsun had Jim in the BMW by like half a car, and I think on on the race, uh, Jim beat him by a little bit. But those guys are so nice and they're so good and they're fast. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and by the way, credit to those guys because they go there, they manage a bunch of other people's cars, clients' cars, and then they get in and race as well. And then as soon as they get out, they got to attend to their clients. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And they say, um, I did a 146, 99999 or something last time I was there in that car. And then I did a 151, 151, nothing, like 151, one, maybe two. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so I was like, huh, that's slower. Um, but I think, uh, a lot of people saying that the lap times are a little bit slower because they've got to resurface the track and everyone is, I've heard that a few places. I didn't, I didn't fully yeah. understand it. But I don't know what some of the other guys like before and after lap times, like what was Rob's lap time or, you know, two years ago. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that, well, yeah, I, I can tell you that. Everyone in the middle's lap time should have been more in the 148 range instead of the 150 to 151 range. Normally, that group is below 150 lap times in that group. I mean, the last one I did, I did a 146 and, you know, came in ninth or or whatever it was. So if I could turn a 146 last weekend, I would have bumped up six spots right so the I think, 146 was it in the other 510 or this no one? it was in this one yeah um and that was the only run that was the only clean run i had because we had the carburation yeah issues uh air filter issues so i think in the general consensus and we were talking to gordon mccall about this he said like tomorrow they're going to start resurfacing yeah, this was, track they were going to get you know, on it right away they're going to tear it all up so i think Maybe I'm just making excuses, but everyone's sort of thing is like, oh, the track is old. The track needs to be resurfaced and the times are down a little bit because we're right. Well, that's the last event before the resurfacing. Yeah. So I don't know much about racetracks, but just go with it. They're, gonna, they're resurfacing <laughs> it for a reason. Yeah, right. <laughs> Makes sense to me. So uh, that was the general the general consensus. But uh, good guys. You know, some 510s, a fun VW Beetle out there. That thing was fun to see. Not, not the zippiest car around there, but uh, it caught well, people's attention. Steve, the guy who was driving it, is getting around that track about as fast as you're going to do in a VW Beetle. That it, much it was, I will say. It was great because he was just by himself on that straight and just flooring it and making noise. And it was looking good. 
And then the yellow came out, and it took a while to get the whole group bunched up. And on the straightaway by the bridge where the flag bearer is, there was a, a car that was stalled and pulled over. They had it hooked up to the truck, and they were going to just make a big U-turn. Mm-hmm. So they waited. They had it hooked up. The whole group came and passed. Mm-hmm. And they, they waited for a second going, where's the VW? Mm-hmm. And then like, ah, fuck it. We're just going to make the U-turn. And then after they make the U-turn, still a 10 seconds later, it just seemed like the, the, the VW comes firing down. They were all fine. It was just like even under the uh, under the yellow, it took a – it took a minute for this little car to catch up, but that guy was having the time of his life. Yeah, cool dude. Talked to him for a while. Um, fun group, nice guys, and uh, those guys can all drive their cars. That's uh, that's what I will say about about them. It was a good field of cars, not just your run group. Like they did a nice job curating this event. There was some really really cool stuff out there, and uh, I I know that um, when you and I walked by. The Capri with the really cool Ford engine oh. with the cross ramp. And we were talking about it's like you and I were sitting with Gordon McCall. We're like, did you guys see the Capri? We're like, yeah, we're like I got a photo of the engine. Like, so did I. And Gordon's like, so did I. I was like, of course, because it's awesome. I just posted it up on social media when we got home and I was just like, coolest engine we saw all weekend. I was like, that's all I wrote. This is the best engine there. Yeah, it's and- a four, it's a four cam. V6 with cross ram, cross ram injection, like slide, slide injection with like great stacks. Great. I, I can't remember if the can't remember if the cams were run outside on the belt. They were. The, yeah. yeah. Just just a lump, man. Yeah. Just the coolest lump. And it is it was a funny thing. Like, you know, it's a you're dealing with car guys because Gord McCall loves cars and you love them. I love them. And at the end of the day on Sunday, we're all just sitting out having a glass of champagne watching the last race, races of the weekend. And <laughs> I I probably said, do you see that Capri yeah, engine? Yeah, yeah. I sent it to Sean and everyone pulled out their phones. Everyone just took a picture of that <laughs> everyone engine. Everyone already had a picture of it. Yeah, I put it up there in the comments were were exactly what we thought. People were like, yeah, you're right. And the people that knew what it was were like, you're right, coolest, just coolest engine out there. I wonder if that's a three, three, five. Um, it's not a four. No, it's and not. It's, it's, it could it's, be a two, eight. I thought it was three something, and, and then Gordon Gordon said so too. Yeah, three. I don't remember I think what those. Is. I think those Capris had a two, eight in them back in the day. But I don't know if that thing's been bored or stroked or whatever. But, um, yeah, everyone parked their trailers in the dirt parking lot in the back of the whatever. Everyone was great. Uh, good turnout. Pretty pretty crowded on Saturday. A lot of people walking around with their kids and their wives and stuff. It, it, it was getting there. By no means is it the Rolex reunion, but uh, it's, it's getting a little better. I mean, we, I watched some of the YouTube stuff, and when they fly the drone over – you kind of get an idea that some of the grandstands were, were a little light. Um, but, you know, it's a new event, and uh, it's going to grow. They're going to do some cool things with it. Um, and huge credit to Jeff O'Neill. He's a, he's a wine guy that uh, decided to roll his profits into this event for fun. So mm-hmm. God bless that guy. He put on a hell of an event. Yeah. It's, it, it really is the closest thing that we got to sort of merging – you know the Rolex historics with with Goodwood. Mm-hmm. I know it, yeah. was, it was well thought out. There were some things there that we really liked that I don't know would work 
mm-hmm. with the Rolex because the Rolex is so big and there's 550 cars racing. I don't know if you have that much space. There's a big car turnout yeah. this uh, for this event. I mean, they had – I was in run group eight. They must have had 10 or 11, and they're all pretty well populated. Yeah. Uh, there weren't – you know, what Rolex has, sometimes you go out there with like 42 cars or something. It's just – it's a little too much. The perfect amount, they had like 20, 22 cars in a lot of these, and they were just going for it, and it was fun. And they did it on purpose because when we spoke to them um, from Velocity on the show a while back, they were they were trying to cap the run groups to a, a certain uh, size. They didn't want it to be overwhelming and dangerous. And, and look, a, a great outing for the different drummer 510. It basically was flawless the whole time. Like we – you know, it showed up there. It ran – and we brought it home, no problem. You you drove it off the track into the trailer. You went up and around, and, yeah. and I mean, you couldn't ask for a, a better outing for that car, for any car. No, and everyone loves that car. It's just the livery's great. Yeah. Well, the 510 guys, you know, really appreciate that car, and it's got its brass tag and its history. And, uh, yeah, it worked flawlessly. Uh, John Morton got to go out and do some, uh, not the prey laps, but kind of a pace lap in the original you know, he paced Saturday's qualifying yeah. in the 46 uh, 510 that Nissan Motorsports owns. Right. I thought he brought you out on Saturday for the race. And then I think Pete Brock was in the yellow yeah. Z, the modern day Z. I think, but we we'll fi- we could figure it out or not. I think the modern day Z was the race car day, was race day, was Sunday. I think the qualifying race... I thought that was Morton's car that went out there. Hmm. We'll have to check it because I because Morton and Pete were talking to each other on mm-hmm. race day, and Morton had the racing suit on, and he was up front. Race day or Saturday? Yeah, it was race day because Pete was only there. Oh well, maybe they both did it on yeah. on race yeah, day, but anyway, on, anyway, it was on cool. Saturday. It was cool to see, and, uh, and yeah, that uh, forty six cars the holy grail for all five ten and dots and yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that car is worth, but I'm heard it's insured for a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> if that means anything. Well, the the uh, and there are always always little bits and pieces of of stuff. Like when I was looking at that car, you and I noticed a big long aluminum tube going through the car that was about an inch and a quarter. Yeah, it looked wide. like radiator hose size. You know, yeah. like, it looked like a coolant line. It but was it like a, a conduit that yeah. was running through the car. And so we said, what the hell is that? Because, you know, there's no cooling in the rear of the car. Mm-hmm. So we looked at it for a minute. And then I said, I think the fuel hose, that's fuel. Yeah, because fuel the, you could see the other lines weren't going to the right places. And I said, that's fuel. But it's not fuel in that wide right. thing. It's just- it just must be a fuel line in it. And so then I said to John Morton, what's up with that? Because you don't see that in any other 2.5 Trans Am car, B-Sedan. You don't see that piece of aluminum conduit popping out of the back and going all the way through the firewall. And he said, as a regulation that we had to run the fuel line inside of something like that, like a protective thing. And I said, but I've never seen that in any other car. And he went, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> oh, there you go. Good answer. Because I was—I mean, we have put our head in two hundred thousand B sedans from back in the day, and never made note of that tube going through there. Maybe, maybe that was a Brock thing, or maybe it wasn't a hard line. Maybe they used 
I don't know, just fuel line rubber hose, no. and they were like, oh, you got to put it in there. Or it well, Seems braided, a little odd. They would have had braided going through. I would have thought so, yeah. Yeah, or maybe that was, uh, you know, we should have asked Brock, because that could just be a Brock yeah. safety thing, but whatever. Uh, but he also said he ran a different transmission. Yes. That was important, right? Because you're My like, eyes lit you're, up. you're like, what's going on with this transmission? No, I, like, looked, I looked down and I saw the sticker for the shift pattern okay. on the transmission hump uh, on the fire firewall side of the transmission, the stick. Yeah. Just a little round one. And I was like, first gear up. Yeah, Where that's does not this what I'm from? doing. <laughs> I tried. I've been, but I've been waiting work. my whole life to find this transmission. And he said, oh, we ran a Roadster transmission. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I got a few of those. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, would, I would like to go up to first gear. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. People can talk all they want about how lame I am. But I am telling you, when you spend your entire life going up for first gear and then down into second, it, it, it's just... It's a muscle memory thing, and it's and when you reverse it, you don't it, want to you, think about you it. You just you. I look at that sticker thirty seven times during the course of that race. Like, yeah. Which gear? Just to keep where am I going? By yes. the way, and I maybe the guys are going to go. Oh, but this is the faster, faster transmission. I go, but John won a championship and with the with the roadster box, <laughs> and anything's faster than me missing shifts. <laughs> That's <you know>? true. <laughs> or trying to jam it reverse. Here's a, it's first. Here's a question Chris could answer without even going to the internet. Does the roadster, the 2000 roadster Datsun transmission bolt straight up to a Datsun L1800 or do we need a bell housing adapter? Because the 2000 roadster is a U motor, not an L motor. That's that's hot tranny talk. <laughs> All right. Let me uh, – Jensen is uh, moments away. Let me tell you about uh, BetterHelp. That's right. Now, a word from our sponsor. BetterHelp, training your brain to stay in problem-solving mode. When faced with a challenge, well, that can be a tough part of life. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver. Yes, Get your head right, people, and the rest will follow. As the song says, free your mind, and the rest will follow. BetterHelp. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with one of 25,000 therapists after filling out a brief survey. And switch therapists anytime if you like. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash CarCast. Do it today for 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, BetterHelp.com slash CarCast and get your mind right. All right. So Jensen Button, F1 champion driver, should be along uh, any moment now. While we're waiting, why don't I tell you about this? Um, Speed Vision is mm-hmm. coming back. And our friend Goldberg is one of the partners on this mm-hmm. uh, program. He's an investor in it. And uh, uh, Speed Vision, the network that we love from back in the day, is coming back with a bunch of content. It's going to be on a number of streaming services like Redbox, Plex, TCL Channel, uh, My Bundle TV, and more. You can go to speedvisionnetwork.com or you can follow them, Speed Vision TV, on all the social media networks. But they've got some shows already kind of queued up. Now, you've got to give them a little time. They're going to work on distribution. They're going to work on on more shows, but Americano with Ray Abraham, and he's so fantastic. That's yeah. a show that they're oh, bringing back. Oh, I love back. that show. 
Um, uh, our friend Jensen Button's going to like this one. Radford returns. I know he's a part of that Radford program. We'll get into it for him. I think it's a show with Ant Anstead. Uh, uh, and Jensen Button might be uh, hosting this show. Um, uh, a new version of uh, of Wayne Carini's show calling Talking Classic Cars with Wayne Carini. I like that um, show, too. And I want to say that uh, Jay Ward, who's the creative director of Pixar mm-hmm. uh, and worked on the Cars movies, might be working on it with him. Um, going old school, Gears with Stacey David and his mullet. <laughs> Uh, Graveyard Cars, Mark Warman, nice guy. Love yeah, I love him. That guy. Um, some aviation content. They're doing kind of a docu series. They're going to get into the P fifty one Mustang Ooh. and a couple of other things. I like that. Hello, Tom Cruise. Yeah, uh, a cafe racer program um, uh, and a number of like sort of historical things as well. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm kind of excited about this. I like this idea of Speed Vision. So um, you know, maybe we'll get some content up there as well. The Roadster 5-speed can be hooked up. Yeah, just remember this. Uh, so the Roadster 5-speed <laughs> can be hooked up to an L-series engine by using an early Z bell housing. Oh. oh. So you don't really need a bell housing adapter. You just need the early Z bell housing. I like where your head's at, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that that Roadster, the, um, the Roadster tranny where second and third are the same is uh frustrating at times Mm -hmm. but and i'm wondering if that's the one they went with but at least you know where the gears are that's yeah that's what i would say but now why isn't anyone else running it why isn't Troy running it. Why isn't Rob running it? Why isn't jim running it all the slow guys (laughs) right (laughs) i will tell you why yeah because they drive those cars fairly exclusively. Um, and nah, I shouldn't say that. They, they, they're, they're quite familiar with the car. I jump in it once every two years and, and I get backwards. You know what I'm saying? And I think if I just drove that car with that transmission in it, then the, eventually the muscle memory kicks in and that, that becomes the car. But I jump from car to car to car. So so in theory, you're saying maybe the comp transmission is a faster transmission, but and they deal with the sh- wonky shift pattern because they do it all the time? Or because if there's yes. no difference, then why not just run the, the Roadster transmission? So there uh, must be I, I a difference. Yes. They all yes. agree that there's a difference. They all agree that they're a little bit faster in that transmission. Yeah. But let's not forget, I drove the other transmission that nobody likes and did a 146 yeah. the last time I was there. So yeah, yeah. I, for me, maybe all bets are off. Maybe I'm better with the wonkier transmission. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what are you looking for? Top 10? If so, then <laughs> go with the transmission you love. <laughs> I would like to... Live in a world yeah. where first gear is toward the dashboard, and yeah, I can yeah. grab second well, and pull it down toward the back of the car. Maybe let Sean finish the move and give him no, a day or two off, and then tell him to get t- on it today. <laughs> Maybe before you hit him with, we're going to change the transmission again. Yes, <laughs> uh, Jensen is parking, so I think he's uh, walking over right he's now. Walking so, yeah, over, I'll just walk him in as soon as he gets in. So I, so I hear. Uh, so it was a good weekend. It's a fun weekend, and it was kind of nice because. The town wasn't packed. Yeah. 
so you could go to a restaurant or walk through it and not have to deal with the massive car crowd. Do you watch any movies? I mean, it's tradition to watch a movie. Yes, we watched Hooper. We watched Hooper, which is a great movie. Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, Jan Michael Vincent. That's two Jan Michael Vincent vehicles in a row, by the way. Yeah. We watched the last one. Uh, we then, watched Hooper and uh, with Jan Michael Vincent, stunt guy movie. Yeah. It's great. We, we tried to watch Corky. With, Didn't uh, take. <laughs> we we got to look that one up. But uh, that is um, Robert. Uh, oh, God. Blake. Robert Blake movie from the 60s. No, no such luck with Corky. And oh, then, we did watch Six Pack. Oh, we watched Six Pack. That's yeah. right. We watched Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Rogers, Rogers Six, Six Pack. pack. Ben, yeah. Ben's face is glazing over. He's never heard of any of these fucking movies. These are some <laughs> of the greatest movies of all time. Then Charles and I... You have a homework I, assignment, Ben. Six Pack is your homework at Hooper. Charles <laughs> and I uh, stayed up and watched Elvis's Speedway. Yes, I did not. Matt had was, retired at that. Matt's like, I know. And, and it was like Elvis just singing about cars, you know? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was awesome. But yes, we watched some good, bad... I mean, we saw Six Pack. Six Pack, yeah. And Hooper, man. In the right order. Six-pack first, then Hooper. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because you're going to go out with a bang, like literally. Yeah. And Hooper's the way to do it. Yeah, Hooper. Hooper's funny. Hooper's <laughs> a good movie. It's Hal Needham. It's Burt yep. Reynolds kind of at the height of his Burt reynolds uh, It's Jan Michael Vincent, yeah. you know, in his prime. I mean, it, there's yeah. a lot there. I, to be fair, Jan's role could have been anyone. I mean, I get that there were casting you know they were casting the hot shot you know youngster at the time mm-hmm. but um you know it it's not like he was super chatty he just kind of stood there and he, talked he, a lot his job is to look good with his uh, yeah. shirt off jensen button uh, f1 driver formula f uh i should say um 09 i think it was 09 took the world championship right jensen how you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us. Oh, good to be here. It was 09, you're correct. Um, got an event coming up, a pop-up store, the Williams Racing Experience, and that'll be today as you hear this through uh, Sunday in downtown Austin, and we'll get into that. It's going to have uh, music and um, lots of good names involved with this. Uh, Robin Thicke, Wyclef John, uh, Jean Jean, Shaggy. Uh, it's going to be there, and uh, but first uh, thoughts on Drive to Survive. I, I love that show, but you live that show. High highs and lows. What do What do you think? A, a good documentation of what it's like to drive an F one season. Uh, I, I don't think we can get away from the fact that it is entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a driver, there's definitely things. Uh, Thank you. Just got a nice cup of coffee put in front of me. Um, but I don't think we can get away from it that it is entertainment. But it definitely is. I think it's great for the sh- for Formula One because it, it shows people behind the scenes of the sport that no one's really seen before. So people see the drivers as personalities, not just crash helmets driving around the circuit. Mm-hmm. So they get behind their drivers. So it's been really, really good for the sport, especially here in the States. Um, I'm happy that it wasn't on when I was racing in Formula One um, because I could go about my business a little bit better. And I, right. you know, now you walk through the paddock and there's, there's a live camera everywhere. There's a boom everywhere. So you can't, you can't get away with anything anymore there. What about the halo on the car that is, I don't know, three years old now? I don't, when did that pop up? I'm, 
I, I want to say like last year, but I'll say that for five seasons. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think it was 2018. I think it is was. when okay. it popped yeah, up. Would years. would that have, would you have liked that? Would have changed things for you? I I didn't like how it looked from the cockpit because. I raced in 2016, did one race in 2017. So I, I was in the cockpit when they were trying it out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like it because it really takes your eyes to the centerpiece of the mm-hmm. halo. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what it does, in terms of the safety, I think it's fantastic. You know, we've, we've saved a lot of lives all the way through different motorsports because of that over the last few years. Yeah, IndyCar's execution of it as well is, you know, it's it's definitely been a huge benefit i like the way they look as well the the indycar the indycar one yeah because yeah. they yeah. got the screen and everything and they have the canopy yeah it reminds yeah. me did you ever have the f1 powerboats here the really small ones they used to race around harbors in europe and they were 120 miles an hour and they had the same canopy i think i think we brought one here and you fired it up in the parking lot well, they have the they had the drag boats had the canopy yeah. here yeah. with the full like ejection seat. And Those stuff. are the ones like pop out like the whole I dream thing of pops Genie. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a hydro fuel uh, hydro boat, a top fuel hydro boat. That was right. Okay, it's so a little different. Yeah. yeah. So we had a drag boat here, but yeah, that's that's the nuttiest sport. I don't know. Maybe the tractor pull <laughs> with the five blown Hemis and two of them are facing the wrong. Di- four of them are going the wrong direction. Yeah, I I, that's a transmission. I'd like to. I'd like to crack the case on that thing. Yeah, I, I think that it's less dangerous unless you get a con, con rod or a piston hit you in the face. Yes, it's you're not going that quick, are you? The uh, <laughs> no. So. F1, I, I, maybe it's the drive to survive. I don't know. I feel like it's on people's radar here in, uh, in the U.S. And, you know, maybe it's the whole circuit of the Americas or something like that. I, I, or maybe it's just a slow build or maybe it's sort of like soccer where we didn't really think much and now we do. But soccer was big out here in even the 70s. You know, F1 just took a while, but it's, it's, it's out here now. I have more guys talking about F1 here in the states than previous decades right well for, for me it's um that's the reason why i moved to america i've been here for six years now because nobody knows anything about formula one so now people are starting to realize what it is i can't walk to the shops anymore yeah i can't yeah. go to the grocery store but um, i'm a has-been though but uh you know it's uh it is amazing how it's in, you know it's changed over the years and the sport has grown uh i think a lot of it is social media um but also you know Circuit of Americas is a great track. Um, Austin is a great city. They put on a fantastic show. But I think Miami really is the one that's made the big difference for me. You was know, that having first two races. last year? It the, was. This yeah. year. This year. Yeah, this, this year. year. Sorry, now, this past race. I, and right. what are your thoughts on Vegas? Because they're going to, you know, run down the strip in November. I guess it's coming up. Yeah, right? it's, it's a 10 p.m. race on a Saturday night. Yeah, really? so they're going to run yeah. it at night, and part of it is down the strip. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's kind of our Monaco, yeah. if you think about it, in a weird, scary, garish mm-hmm. American way. Yeah, we can't roll yachts up and sit on the yachts and do it that way. So, yeah. I've Ooh. raced in Vegas before in an off-road truck. I raced mm. a trophy truck once. Out wow. There, yeah. um, which is a little different to Formula One. But no, I've, I've experienced Vegas on a few occasions. And I think Formula One in Vegas, it just... It just gels. It just works. Yeah. Uh, there'll also be enough hotel rooms, which is always a tricky <laughs> one for Formula One. Now, do you, do you feel like something like Vegas is a little gimmicky or do you think it fits? Because I think there's, there's 
opposite sort of thoughts. There's counteracting thoughts coming from maybe the F1 drivers or the teams in general. It's like, what's your feeling on it? I think I think circuits like and locations like Vegas have their place in the sport. Mm-hmm. I think we just have to be careful with the balance uh, that we don't get rid of true drivers' tracks. You know, the spas of of this world and Suzuka in Japan and Silverstone. Those ones are what get your heart pumping as right. an F1 driver. So, so out of Vegas, out of Miami, but not if it removes you from one of the other tracks yeah right? you, you you need the balance you know and and that's so important circuit of america is again a great track very fast mm-hmm. flowing high speed corners change of direction drivers love all that so we need that still um the vegas track it looks it looks all right for me it's more the show the, that, that we're going to put yeah. on in vegas obviously no elevation changes which is a big part of what a really cool track. Unless <laughs> really they cool make track it, unless it's artificial. <laughs> they start bringing out dirt, like a, jumps, like a yeah, like a motocross track. <laughs> but there is something, you know. I was hearkening back to Coronado, which used to have a, a vintage race out on the on airfield the base, or whatever. Yeah. And as plain as it is, there's something kind of fun sometimes about just racing on a. I guess uh, Sebring would be that way. You know, I, there's something Laguna Seca is uh, majestic because of the crazy elevation changes and it's so much fun to drive there. But there's something, some kind of fun every once in a while about having a big autocross race, essentially, you know, and being able to see through the, you <laughs> yeah. know, you can see all the way through the circuit. And by the way, if you fuck something up you'll hit a cone and slide <laughs> off a little bit but it's really just a cone yeah you're going to be hitting i mean it's it's not majestic at all but there's something kind of fun about it yeah i mean sebring is pretty special because it's so bumpy yeah you know it's like an airfield so it's, it's super bumpy so i think a lot of drivers like it because it's different every corner you get to the car reacts differently um, Vegas, though, if you do go off, you don't hit a cone, you hit a hotel or a casino. Right. So That's right. Right. Yeah. it could be a little bit Spectator. scarier. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be something like that. What were you driving in the Super GT series when you were the champion in 2018? Well, that was a, uh, it's a GT car, but it's a carbon fiber tub. So it's not actually most GT cars these days. It's, it's a road car that they strip down mm-hmm. and then build up again as a race car. Uh, as you probably know, but uh, a Super GT car is a carbon fiber tub with a tubular frame, subframe. Oh, that's where the super part comes oh, in. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, here's a this picture. So it's Honda. Yeah, so it's 650 horsepower um, monster. So these these things, they look like a road car, but this yeah. is as Kinda quick looks, as... got some NSX. Yeah, it is an NSX, yeah. 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 So this, this actually is as quick as the Le Mans cars, so the hypercars. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's not that old. I mean, a lot of cars from trans am back in the 80s you know camaros or dots and z cars or whatever it is just tube frame you know some uh, nascar chassis builder or something would build it and then they just hang all the fiberglass on it it wasn't the tub but it's the same basic yeah. basic thing which is it looks like an nsx or it looks like a z car it looks like a camaro it's just nothing to do with being a camaro <laughs> yeah so, it's the same thing but i mean this thing is just full of technology the in terms of downforce it's got a lot of downforce on this thing rear wing but also the floor and you know it was the three big manufacturers back then that were racing in japan and still are so yeah they, they pushed each other hard is it paddle or sequential paddle paddle shift yeah and uh 
Yeah, that's a nice piece. And I have the NSXs are nice, nice in general. That's a good, that's a good ride. But yep. they're, they're all, everyone in the class starts off as a monocoque yes. tub. And then, yeah, there were three manufacturers, Honda, Toyota, and, uh, and Nissan. Or Nissan, sorry, as you guys call it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's the big, big three going at it. But um, the funny thing was racing in Japan uh, was that I came across as a Formula One driver and a Formula One world champion. And uh, the team were very good at reminding me that I was the number two driver in the team. <laughs> um, I, we were given these, these beautiful miniatures of the car and uh, they were limited edition, you know, 50 cars. Yeah. And uh, there you go. It's Jensen here is yours. It's uh, it's number two. Yeah, <laughs> Naoki San, your teammate, has number one. It's like, oh, okay, cool. okay. Thank you yeah, for reminding thank you for me, that guys. Again, yeah. Where's his F one championship? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and Lamar, what'd you drive at Lamar? I drove. Um, uh, it was SMP the team, so it was actually a Delara chassis uh, in LMP one. So um, we were never going to beat the likes of Toyotas, but uh, 365 kilometers an hour on the straight, which is about 230 miles an hour. Wow. Yeah. And they Boy, s- that is. It's quick. And they also said to me, don't get too close to the car in front because this car took off the last time we raced at Spa. Oh, right. Yeah. So. yeah there's a couple of big flips historically. There, I, there was a big flip years ago at Road Atlanta. There was a big flip, I think, at Lime Rock. Had a maybe a Nissan GTP car back yeah. in the day. Big flip and a couple of big flips at Le Mans. Yeah, yeah. Mercedes, wasn't it? So yeah. drive fast, try to win, but don't get too close to the guy in front of you I know. if you can avoid it. I was like, okay. I believe <laughs> it was uh, Bruce Kenapa at the Rolex Historics, Matt. You might correct me on this, about three years ago. That may have been driving a 917 or it's like a 962 or some Porsche, whatever. I think it was maybe a 962. Windshield got sucked out. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. He got too close to the back of someone at the end of the straightaway in the 962. Could have been going 145 miles an hour yeah. or something. And it, and it, the, whatever the draft did, it sucked out his windshield. He said that was on the previous builder. <laughs> that wasn't his. He's like, we didn't touch the windshield. So uh, Arrow, That's all the other guy. Arrow does uh, definitely make make a difference. Um, all right. So the uh, Williams. Now, Williams is, I don't know, are they on hard times right now? I mean, Williams is one of the most, was one of the most dominant teams in, in F1 for many years. Uh, dad stepped down. Daughter stepped in. Uh, had some great wins, great drivers, great, great history, great livery, all that kind of stuff, but have fallen down a few pegs over the last few seasons. I don't know what, where they are now. Are, is there a new regime? Is there a revamp? Are they climbing back up the ladder? Well, I'm here to save the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not really. Um, a lot of people within the team um, uh, are new. Um, they have new direction. They have new ownership, Doralton Capital. So it's American-owned wow. um, now, um, but they have a good understanding of what, what is needed. They've employed some fantastic people, kept the really good people within the team. Um, and, uh, yeah, everything just takes a long time. You know, you have the funds. You know what you need to do. You have the technology to move forward, but it still takes a couple of years. So, no, I, I feel really good about the team. You know, um, they have a good lead driver now who is with the team next year uh, as well, which is Alex Albon. 
uh, and he fits in well. His feedback's fantastic. So, yeah, they're, they're on to a good thing. It's just uh, everything takes longer than you want it to. Mm-hmm. But uh, as I said, they will get there, and uh, I'm excited about that because they're, they're the team that gave me the opportunity in Formula 1 back in 2000 when I was 20 years old or 19 years old at the time. So they've always looked for new talent and tried to bring us in and, uh, and, and helped make our careers. Uh, Keanu Reeves and you and Disney and Formula One documentary. Can you talk a little about that? Yeah, so I, I won the World Championship in 2009 um, and the team was called Braun GP. So previously to that, it was Honda. They pulled out in the financial crisis in 2008, as did a lot of teams. Uh, and Ross Braun, um, who was running the team at the time, he took the team over for a dollar. He bought the team for a dollar. <laughs> it was still funded by Honda, but we we had a Mercedes engine in the back of the car. And we won the world championship that year as a privateer, beating all the big manufacturers. Okay. So the story, obviously, was was really interesting. And, and uh, Keanu um, decided that he wanted to make a documentary about it. So... There's a lot of lot of stories from a lot of individuals within the team and outside that uh, haven't come out. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see because on the surface it's a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful story. But there's always a dark side, isn't there? So <laughs> yes. there's a lot of interesting stuff that Keanu's um, really delved into. So I'm 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 really excited about seeing the whole thing. I've spent three days with Keanu already filming. Um, he's doing all of the interviews and uh, voiceovers, so he's fully involved. How far along is it? It sounds like it's pretty far along almost done it is it is a long uh i still have a couple more days um i have to go to brazil um where, where i clinched the title and uh, and, a f- and a couple of other places but uh it's it's really really exciting to see how involved uh keanu is and also how much of an understanding he has of the sport you know mm-hmm. he loves his automobiles his bikes his cars he does, yeah arch yeah yeah so um, we saw him at goodwood yeah, and he yeah. drives the shit out of that bike. He does. Up the hill and everything. He's quick. He He's does. super into it. He was asking the big guys like Mick Doohan if he was doing all right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, we don't ride hard up here. It's too dangerous. <laughs> it's too dangerous. And there's Keanu giving yeah. it his all. I, I think when the year we were there, it was maybe not pouring rain on him, but it was a wet track. Yeah. Yeah, and he was, he was going at it. And if he came back, he was like, it's wet. It's a little scary out there. Yeah, it's a little scary out there. So is that coming out on Disney Plus or yes. something like that? And uh, maybe next year? I would like to say next year, but I don't know exactly. So I don't want to put my foot in it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's give uh, one more plug. The Williams Racing Experience. And that'll be, uh, I'm told the address is 800 Congress. Uh, and that's in Austin. And there's going to be music. It's going to be you. There's going to be cars. What else? What else can we say? Shaggy, oh, shaggy. <laughs> shaggy. I mean, come on. Do you need anything else? <laughs> no, you don't you need really more don't. than Shaggy. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm going to be in San Diego. Mic drop comedy that is coming up October 28th and 29th. Doing four shows there. Vegas. Be a wise guys on November 2nd. St. Louis Helium Comedy Club. November 11th and 12th. You just go to adamcrow.com for all the live shows and uh, what do you got matt well you can follow jensen at jensen button on his social media and you can give me a follow at moderator uh good to see you jensen uh congratulations on the career after motorsports and until next time this is adam kroll for jensen button and matt the moderator deandrea saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel 
For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. All this month, celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month with Pluto TV. Watch movies with the biggest stars like Eugenio Derbez in No Eres Tu, Soy Yo and Luis Gerardo Mendez in Camino a Marte. Plus, Pluto TV has thousands more movies and TV shows and over 45 channels in Spanish, all for free. So download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming today. Pluto TV, drop in, watch free.